You're listening to the best barbecue show, the show where we talk, taste, and even try to cook the best barbecue in Texas, which is the best barbecue in the world. I hope you guys enjoy this episode from Memphis in May. I'm talking to Adam Rosenberg of Kingsford, Jess Priles of Hardcore Carnivore, uh, and George Shore from Pitmaker. Uh, they were all part of the Kingsford team and got some awards, made some great food, and we had a great conversation. I hope you enjoy. I'm George Shore. I'm with Pitmaker. Uh, Adam Rosenberg with Kingsford. Jess Priles with Hardcore Carnivore. Yeah. All right. How y'all doing? It's an awesome, hot day here at the 2018 Memphis and May World Championship Barbecue Cook-Off. So we're at the last day, right? There's some finals going on. There's some pigs still getting checked out. Yeah, they've just announced all of the finalists for all the categories. So there's three finalists per category. And it's kind of cool. It's not so great if you haven't made it, but it's great for the teams who have because you get that kind of like anticipation instead of completely not knowing. It's like, ooh, we're walking either way. Now, Big Moan Kaysen gave us a tip. He said... Uh, one, you never, you gotta wear like fresh gear. You gotta look good when the judges show up, when they come to your tent. And then he also told us, uh, he was doing shoulder, but then Brad from the shed was telling us they have two pigs, so they can give each judge a fresh half of a pig to cut open. It's a pretty wild idea. I mean, everything, you know, presentations, you know, 50, 60, 70%. Total, total key. We're cooking key. with the, uh, the Kingsford Squealicious team out here today. And just for the same, taking the same analogy you mentioned there with having that fresh meat so we cooked 22 racks of baby back ribs today to have a great shot at winning this thing and how much of those are, are actually uh getting eaten or judged or so we picked apart about seven racks to get into our blind box to get our blind box really full with the best pieces and we picked another three of the best ones that we could actually have each judge taste on-site presentation. So that's about 10 right there. We have six in reserve in case we're a finalist, right? We'll know in about an hour or so. Typically, they haven't announced the rib finalist yet. So we, And then we have a couple that we used for presentation, the visual presentation aspect to the judges. So that's where you get the 20, 20 some odd racks of ribs you really want to execute here. So only an shot. amateur presents a, a already cut rib to a judge, basically. Out here in Memphis, yes, sir. Yeah, there's a lot of style to this whole Memphis thing. Uh, uh, yeah, I mean, part of the like, you know, part of this is like the presentation, of the style. You know, we've gotten all of all of us are wearing the same shirts. We've made up a, a real nice looking tent situation. Like, it, it, you're you're going into a restaurant. You're going into an experience, and that's that's part of what judges are looking for out here. You want to bring the judge into your barbecue world for sure. Yeah, I think. You know, people underestimate just how much effort goes into this thing, which is kind of insane. Um, but I will say nothing really goes to waste, because even though they picked apart seven racks of ribs, they all got eaten in the end. You know, that's that's the fun part, that I there will be. to eat whatever is left, too. I mean, they were great. I, I'll, I'll, I'll yeah. eat them. I'll eat whatever we have left. <laughs> no one goes hungry on the judging day. That's right. We, no doubt. We have plenty of ribs, and they're going to all get eaten. Amazing. And so 6.30 tonight is where they announce everything. That's the full-on award ceremony? Yes, that's correct. Cool. 
So what's for the for the, for the for the Super Bowl of swine? Nice. So they had another award ceremony yesterday with all the ancillary side categories like beef, poultry, exotic, sauces, etc. Amazing. And so, are you guys doing any? Uh, and wings. We took third place wings yesterday. Amazing. Squealicious, Team Squealicious. Congratulations. Right here. We also took seventh, 22nd in seafood and seventh place in mustard sauce. So tell me about, I, I love cooking wings and there's so many ways. It's such a versatile thing. Uh, you know, between your awesome pit and the Kingsford charcoal, what'd you guys do? It was a process. Uh, so we smoked the wings first, right? Using the charcoal and some flavored charcoal, uh, hickory wood, I believe. And took those off around a light very light smoke 15 18 minute smoke um, until they got a, a little hint of flavor on them then we fried them right turn a turn temperature of 130 140 we're checking wings right individual wings on this then took them out set a glaze on them put them back in the pit to set the glaze until they were fully done around 165. Nice. Two and a half hour process for wings, which is kind of insane. Which is not what you're going to find at your local pluckers. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Let's just say or that. Like Buffalo Wild Wings, it's just not going to quite be there, but they were phenomenal. You know, obviously you got to. They don't know your... about wild. <laughs> they don't know about two and a half hours of wildness like it's, you do. Exactly. Did you try one of those wings, Jess? I didn't actually. That's <laughs> a, And everyone's like, I was like, oh God, because we've just eaten a bunch of fried chicken because we're in Memphis. And then when they got the walk, I'm like, oh, I could have tasted third place wings, and I suck. So it was a real missed opportunity for Adam, me. Adam, what did you think of those wings? They tasted like first place wings. I mean, they, they <laughs> were, I, I don't know. But, um, no, they were great. I ate a bunch of Gus's and then made room to, to make sure I had them. They were fantastic. Yes. Best yeah, ones I've had. I've been to Hattie B's twice already. <laughs> I love that that Nashville hot chicken or Memphis hot chicken or whatever. Hattie B's is, is really good. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So we we do Gus's normally, and this is the first year we tried Hattie B's as well. And that's like the other famous fried chicken that's phenomenal. And they have levels. I wouldn't get the hottest level just because like they put so much stuff on it, it gets kind of soggy. But the I damn hot is good. I wouldn't get the hottest level because we're all dealing with porta potties here. <laughs> well, <laughs> uh, frankly. I, I've become the drawbacks, a, right? The drawbacks. Yeah. <laughs> I've become obsessed with hot food, so I've been uh, dressing up like two times hot ramen that you get like at the Korean stores, mm -hmm. and so I can I can eat pretty much anything as long as it's edible, spicy. I can eat it. Yeah, I'm not I'm not like super super into spice. Moving to Texas, I had to like I'm I'm at a jalapeno level, is where I would say that I'm at. Gotcha. Yeah. That's a, that's Just not in a bad case level. It's mid, anyone mid wanted to I know, I love that ramen. I'm I'm half Korean, so oh, nice. it's awesome, awesome ramen. Well, nice ramen. And uh, you know, we've just met, but you know, we're eating barbecue all the time. We're at Snows every weekend, which is a big place in Austin or uh, outside of Austin. I'm cooking barbecue, so we put barbecue and uh, marinated uh, eggs and all kinds of fun stuff into like the cheap ramen, which is one of my favorite ways to eat dinner. Is dress it all up. We need to get you on a stick burner, Yoni. I, I have a stick burner. I got a 118-gallon offset. Woo! Oh, I'm cooking two it. briskets on Memorial Day. You should come over. I'm, de I'm there. Beef Thanks. ribs, too. Um, yeah, just because we have a Traeger at the studio doesn't mean we don't know how to cook anything else. Oh, zing! <laughs> Pun burn. Burn. Yeah. There's <laughs> a, actually, and I'm, not, I'm just telling you an anecdote here, okay? But there's a couple of teams in Australia who cook on stick burners. And when pellets started to get big there, they call it chicken feed or chook feed because that's chooks a chicken uh, is a slang for chicken in Australia. 
And so a couple of them started getting those, you know, rubber chickens and putting them on leads and kind of walking them past the sights of the other guys. It was kind of like gauntlet thrown. Australian trolling is better than American trolling. You're in like, well, you're, we on do a, it first. you're on a totally different level than Because we we're in the future. <laughs> so. I, think, I think that, you know, there, there's people that are winning on everything. I think the pit master and the skill, you know, matters probably more than what you're cooking on. And I know Kingsford makes some pretty awesome pellets. I saw some with the uh, bread on the label. Those are actually those are actually not our pellets. Those are those are um, those are a lot of love from from Brad. Those are um, some other pellets that were made, but you know we luckily Brad's gorgeous face was put on a bag along with ours. But those those aren't our pellets. We do have a pellet product that um, it's available in a few places. What's in your competition blend? What's in our competition blend? Yeah, it's like oak and hickory and I'm cherry. At I think. It right there. It's yeah, that's the, that's the correct answer, that's Adam. Yeah. So, uh, but the other thing is, and especially for folks back home who listen to you who are into Texas-style barbecue, you know, competition barbecue is a very, very different beast. I think we've discussed that before. So it's one of those things where um, I think that, you know, George told me that here in Memphis the judges prefer a heavy smoke, and, and that's, that's a good thing. But certainly at KCBS or IBCA-style comps, they don't want too much smoke, and that's why you can get away with a variety of different pits. But it is a very, very different type of food to Snows, to Louis Miller, to all that kind of jazz. Definitely. So <clears throat> this is our fourth time competing out here in the Memphis in May. And this, you know, I want to say something because we had an actual judge from Memphis. And lately in the past four or five years of competitive barbecue especially, your regional aspects and flavor profiles are kind of going away as most of your competitors are traveling, you know, to interstate, different places, different different uh, parts of the country. And we had a Memphis judge tell us today that our flavor profile, which was kind of apple forward a little bit on our ribs, um, was not Memphis barbecue, which shocked us because we've used, you know, a lot of a lot of different competitors use different fruit flavors in their ribs. You know, it's just a natural marriage. And it was, um, it wasn't. He didn't say it in a negative, negative way, but he kind of did. You know, it, it's kind of. Did you punch him in the face? Did you want to punch him in the face? He didn't say it to me, so I didn't. But I, I, I was, I could have said, hey, that was second place ribs out here the year before last. So like, what's going on? So step up no. to my plate, son. So, would you say so? Most of the judges are looking for Memphis style. Is well, this particular. So we had judges from other parts of the country as well. This particular judge was from Memphis, and apparently he was looking for Memphis style, or at least he well, he, uh, he made it, it clear. Because he had also said, you know, there's some other things that he had tasted that, that he found that that apple forwards actually, because he hadn't had anything that had that apple forward coming with him. And, you know, a lot of it's going to matter. What is your judgment eating previous sure. like, It's just like, you know, so. And, you know, so, you, know you, you have previous world champions out here, you know, uh, that are apple forward like Mike Davis, for instance, <laughs> you know. And um, can I just say, in addition to that, you don't necessarily have to be from somewhere to qualify as knowing about it. And I'm not saying that as me. I'm saying if you take one of Australia. the most famous, <laughs> no, for real, yeah. if you take one of the most famous Texans of all time, Davy Crockett, who's like in our history books, who is originally from Tennessee, and I'd say, you know, it, it, it the lines blur. 
trying to say that Davy Crockett brought Tennessee-style barbecue to Texas? Because that's what it does sound like you're, you're saying. Do you know what his famous line is? Jess Prowls when he is left? Davy Crockett at barbecue. He's a, he, he <laughs> went to Texas, and his famous line that they use now is, you may all go to hell, I'm going to Texas. That's for me, I'm going to Texas. Well, so speaking of Texas, I hear you make some, some pretty awesome pits. I, I think we're leaning on one right now. Indeed. This is handmade right here in uh, Houston, Texas. <laughs> From Houston, Texas. From Houston, We're Texas. in Memphis. So I got... Uh, in Houston, Texas, it's me right here. That's right. Is, that's that, right. is that an antenna? <laughs> what am I looking at up here? Yeah, so this particular trailer uh, and a lot of our larger trailers have a video wall display system. This one has two 65-inch flat screens with HD antenna and a satellite. Uh, we have a lot of competitive teams in Texas that also do hardcore tailgating like we do. You know, we're out there with our NFL Texans every home game for the last 12 years, and we go all out, man. And we have a lot of teams and a lot of customers that do the same thing, and they do competition barbecue. So you'll see a lot of that on our, on our builds. Amazing. And I saw a ton of doors on the other side. What what are all the different uh, components? So we brought the war machine here to, Texas, uh, to Memphis today. Um, we have two smokers. Both are vertical insulated reverse flow smokers. Our vault and the smaller version is safe, so we can run different smoke profiles, different temperatures uh, simultaneously on different cuts of meat, or even to catch up or slow down if we have to adjust during competition. And we also have our, one of our newer products is our fully insulated adjustable charcoal grill oven. It's called the Carbon Q. And basically, you can run one load of fuel and bake with Kingsford charcoal at 350 to 450 for four hours and really just cook whatever you want to cook. What do you do to control the temperature? Um, adjust air dampers, throw Kingsford in because it's predictable, it's repeatable, it's it's a consistent fuel profile that we want to see. <laughs> and 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 we and we know it, you know, it's a it's 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 a it's a fuel that as any pit master, you know, you want those repeatable results over time. You want a pit that's going to perform. You want a fuel that's not going to give you any surprises. I know there's a lot of people that go out there and say, oh, lump this, lump that. You know, the briquettes perform the way you want them to perform every time. No, no, no great flavor, no surprises. That's what it's all about. Yeah, you have to be. I was cooking with some lump the other day, and I didn't realize there was just one giant piece that almost put the whole fire out. That's right. You get into a bag of lump, you can get dust, you can get gigantic logs. That's just, you know. But and, but Kingsford's uh, consistent. Yes. Stamped into the perfect shape. That's right. Every time. Do you, do you know anything about the process, kind of how that's made? It's kiln dry, He, he was right? at the plant. Like, yep. he was in overalls. It's kiln dry. I mean, it's it's mostly it's sawdust. It's, it's, it, I mean, it's great. It's awesome. It's awesome. <laughs> I mean, I got to go to the plant a couple weeks ago. I, and, I, you, the one in Bell? Or yeah, what? I went to the one in Bell. I, I and went to the was, one in Bell. It was... But that's the only problem I had with any of it was that the overalls, the coveralls that I was given were too small. So, <laughs> but other than that, it was, I mean, it was amazing. I don't think that's a problem yeah, for you. It, it, it was, showed off your briquettes, you're yeah, saying? Yeah, I mean, it, you know, and they're using, they're, they're also using, like, I mean, nothing's wasted there. So, I mean, bags are being recycled. Like, water that's run up there is being used yeah, to they got power it. They have, they have, they have, have the process operation. down. I mean, and I mean it's, it's a hundred-year-old process invented by Henry Ford, you know, who's invented process, period, in American manufacturing. And they bring in all these woods from all these different manufacturers, waste woods, whatever. It's all from Charmed within the, the area. Charmed level, mix them into the slurry along with a little bit of the char. Yeah. And they form them into these briquettes that perform the same every time. It's a flavor we all grew up on, man. And so so the guys who invented it was named Ford? 
Is that where the Ford in Kingsford comes from? That's exactly correct. And he I've also never heard invented. The story, so I'd love to uh, hear a little more. I mean, it was invented, invented by Henry Ford, and then actually, because uh, he was trying to find a way to use some of the waste product that was from some of the some of the cars, and also have an alternative, have a make it into a fuel product. He actually had Thomas Edison design a factory that then it was made in, and then um, it was then you know passed along with uh, the Kingsford's whose first name escapes me, but they um, it, it's sort of like American icons it's a involved, true, it's, basically. It's basically, yeah, you American had the, ingenuity. You had absolute icons of the Industrial Revolution so, involved in this. So Kingsford is the most American barbecue you can make. Yeah, absolutely. You know, that's a good point. It's rooted in rooted in America for a hundred yeah. years. Even as an immigrant, yes. <laughs> well, and you, you also, know. by the way, you, wait, you got the, the pit maker, you glossed over some of the, I mean, we're standing right behind it. For, yes, at home, we are standing in front, standing in front of two, of, what, 60 inch, you said? Yeah, we're, you I know, believe we're they're able, 60s. We did ribs this morning while watching, while watching we did, we did the both. royal wedding. I mean, we had, we had, a go, we had everything going. <laughs> we did. We did. We watched as the royal we wedding. Our ribs this morning. Take we watched, uh, yeah, we watched the royal wedding. We got two sets of rims. Yep, we got your custom wheels here. Uh, we have about 12 feet of stainless steel prep surface here with lockable storage underneath, right underneath these TVs. You can see this kind of this bar area. Oh, I see. So that's storage under there. Yes. That yes. is. Then we have our vertical reverse flow smoker we call the barbecue vault. You and know? are these, there's some big piping with some levers. That's to let out grease or what? Yeah, so basically this is a drain valve for your for your drip pan, drip, drip pan air, built-in stainless drip pan. And then that is your air intake. We actually use a two-inch ball valve air intake for use precise, for precise so it's like control. stuff. You can sh totally shut it off or set it to three percent open or eight percent open, whatever you want to do. Get full control over that and air that intake on your fuel. That's a lot of longevity. Oh yeah, that's made for way worse oh, yeah. stuff. Oh, exactly. With industrial quality, I'm sure. Get by. Henry get by Ford and Thomas Edison we're, would we're, appreciate it. We're all it. shuffling here, holding a, a little octopus of mics. So right next to the vault, you know, you have this nice stainless steel prep surface, and we did an extended satellite table to extend that prep surface out and give you a nice ergonomic uh, cooking surface for you for cooking. So this is a mobile kitchen. You got a sink, you got a griddle. Yep. You got a table that, that opens up. Right yep. next to that, starting on the rear of the passenger side, 20 gallons uh, water on demand, hot, demand, hot water heater. Um, really? Yep. We have a 24-inch griddle. Plancha. Now is Black. the is the water heater uh, gas or it's electric. It's electric. It's electric. Yeah. And then this is gas. This is gas. And Plancha. we also we also have a hundred thousand BTU multi jet burner system here. Oh, I that see. You hiding under some tin that's, foil. Yep. That we we didn't use today, but you can take a look. Hey, you could like. Fry turkeys, well crawfish. Yeah. You can do anything. You Simmer can, pot of chili really or beans. That's a big burner. Serious burner. Yeah. And then coming forward, we have the smaller version of the barbecue wall I mentioned earlier. Our barbecue safe, you can see, we literally haven't put any fuel in it since around 9 a.m. What time is it now? Earlier than that. I mean, yeah. yeah. Four, four, it's four and it's maintaining it right around 2.20. <laughs> so that gives then, you an idea of how, how well that King's for Charcoal runs on these pits. Consistent. And then that fuel on the bottom? Yes. Yeah, so you, got in, you have a fire, fire box down below. Oh, yeah, and there's not even that much stuff in there. There's nothing in there, dude. He's daring. He's using a paper towel to pull out There's the, uh, like firebox. some ash and some Kingsford Coles shapes in there. Nice. <laughs> a couple pieces of wood maybe. Yeah, I think we put a, we put a couple yeah. chunks of wood. Yeah, exactly. A couple chunks of hickory. Some Kingsford wood chunks. 
Put some hickory in there. And here is the the newest creation of ours. This and is this our. This is the oven. This is the carbon queue. It's a 30-inch carbon queue, fully insulated charcoal grill oven. We use our sniper uh, door. Door it's lift system. A, it's oh, it a thing of, like a mouth. Yeah, it's a thing of beauty. Too. It's a thing of beauty opening. It's it's, yeah, very presentable. <laughs> very <right>. presentable. <laughs> Slide out racks. So you don't have to kind of burn your face off to get something in or out of there. Um, it, this so this grill is interesting. It's designed to capture what I call fat char. Are you familiar with that terminology? Of course. Yeah. Yeah. So so in competition chicken basically it was originally designed for that purpose. Um, fat comes down, vaporizes on the charcoal comes back up as, 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 as mist and, and, and lands on the meat, can land on the meat. So here we've got a baffle system right out of, right above, right in between the intake smokes, out, output smokestack, I'm sorry, the, the outtake smokestack, <laughs> um, to kind of create that convection and allow that vaporized grease and fat to fall back onto the meat and give you that fat char flavor, man. That's the concept here. Yeah, you I mean, can, you could bake pies in it. You can cook anything you want in this thing, um, That's literally. That's so cool. But it was designed for that purpose. But we use it for steaks. We did a, a stuffed bison steak. So um, did you build this from scratch? We do. We have oh, a full-on metal fabrication company. We start with plate steel and tubing, and we do the rest right so there in Houston, like, Texas. See, did you uh, – who came up with the design for that door to open? It's a collaborative effort between me, Victor Howard, Julia Howard over there, um, we all kind of come to the table and, and kick our ideas around, sketch stuff out, build stuff in the shop, and go, oh, you know what? That works. And or that I, doesn't work. And I, as, as a friend of, of George's and the team, I, I get to play with it, which I just think is great. I, it's Seriously, the, I mean, the door, this is, it's one of my favorite pieces on the Maker. Like, you know, we, we, had a, we went to an opening day tailgate a couple months ago in, um, in Arlington, Dallas, and just watching that open and, and and we had Chris Lilly helping us out and pulling stuff out. It's, it's a thing of beauty when this thing opens up. Now let's move around. <laughs> and it also has an awesome sound system. It also has an awesome sound system. Hold on, yeah. I need to show you one last thing. <laughs> okay. The, the, the other thing that makes this really controllable and easy to use is that it's fully adjustable six different levels while you're cooking on the fly. And a charcoal grill. You oh, can I raise see. It's it got up. like a lever on the side? Yes. Oh, and you can raise the, charcoal, the heat up. Get a direct sear, hot sear. Deal with flare-ups, deal with control, and drop it down, and, and you have really have full control. Yeah, you could, like, yakitori on this thing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, that, that's the next piece of equipment I'm buying is some sort of small, like, yakitori. Get 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 some good charcoal real hot yep. and let the let, let that kind of vaporized fat work. Let me guess. There's speakers on this side, too? Oh, yeah. There Tony's are, hooking up the sound here. Speakers are good. Um, well, cool. I guess we lost Jess. We did. Oh, no, she's over there walking. Jess. You want to come over? You want to talk more about Australia and, and everything that it's done for well, the United States? So I, I would like to touch on, you were... Like backing you in all the wars? You're, you know, we're all big fans of yours, and we're all following each other on Instagram. And, uh, and so yeah. I saw you land in Australia, and then all of a sudden you were in this place that looked like Texas. And that was like one of the most badass things I've seen. I thought you were actually back in Texas. Yeah, so I landed in Australia. And That's went straight a compliment to, to Memphis. <laughs> I went straight to a festival called Meatstock, which has become huge down there. And the Australian barbecue scene has grown exponentially over the past few years. And I co-founded the Australasian Barbecue Alliance with two other guys. And actually, Kingsford have just launched in Australia, and they're one of our major supporting partners boom, boom. now too. Boom, boom. So yeah. how small is the world? Um, and then I went from there to this thing called Beef Australia, which is a 
a conference that happens once every three years for the entire beef industry. And I ran into the guys from the Texas Department of Agriculture there, which was like, ah, oh, the world keeps nice. doing this. Um, and that was that was really, really cool to kind of get an opportunity to cook in that. They called it the Celebrity Chef Restaurant. And I'm like, well, I'm neither of those things, but I'll cook if you want me to. Um, we all know you're humble, okay? No, and that was a that was a that was a really cool experience too. And then got back on a plane, flew here, landed on Monday, flew to Memphis, which is what we do. Literally because Jess is a rock star. Yeah, to get yeah. here. So uh, it's the last day. There's there's some pretty big names that are gonna cross the the stage. You guys are still waiting on a on a judgment, right? You're still waiting on the ribs. Maybe not. No, no. I hear I hear I hear that that has that moment has passed. Right, We're just cool. here to cheer on our, our teammates and find out. Amazing. We could still get top ten. You only you only don't know at this point if you're top three, but we'll take four, five, six. But you've said their live disappointment. This is like a live. Well. <laughs> you can sense you sense you sense that, that everything drops. But we're no we're excited about cheering on our friends. Like I mean, yeah. Big Bob Gibson, uh, yeah, we have their finalists in the shed. We're really excited about all them. As uh, as always, the barbecue fam, you know, cares more about each other than winning. Well, it's because we can get food from each other. You know, like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's how it works. Most of the time. Most, most of the time. time. <laughs> uh, so it's the last day. Any. Uh, we call our fans the Meat Men. That's why I'm wearing a hashtag Meat Man shirt. Oh, nice. Um, when we usually ask people to give their tips or ideas to the Meat Men, but also just maybe your your thoughts on how Memphis went, what you all had fun, highlights, anything. I mean, they're pointing uh, at each tips. other. Tips. I, yeah. I, what, what's your tip for our, our backyard guys, our restaurant guys, anyone who's out there listening to the podcast right now in the kitchen? So, you know, we get some direct feedback a lot. <clears throat> A lot of backyard guys or a lot of competitive guys will buy our pits and they will um, expect to do better, right? And it does help, to be honest with you. you know, a, lot of people, a lot of people will say, well, you know, it, it's all in the pit master. And then, then some people say, well, it's in the pits, it's in the rubs, it's in techniques. But it's a combination, you know. Uh, having, so I will, tell, I will tell everyone this, having a controllable smoker Right, so a lot of people get into if they're just getting into smoking, will go out and buy kind of the lowest entry level smoker out there, and it'll become a struggle and a frustrating experience. Right, fighting with the pit, trying trying to get the wind to blow right or the fuel to blow right, adding fuel, taking it away, adjusting dampers, and you just work yourself to death. So if you spend a little bit more money, get a quality smoker that's you know well reputed, um, that's controllable, you'll definitely have better results. You'll be more happy. You will enjoy the process more, and you might want to cook more smoked products. Yeah, I mean, I, I was here to say, like, if you can get, you can understand being able to consistently control how you're going to be doing heat and how you're going to be doing smoke, then you can start experimenting across the board. It's, it's, it doesn't have to be a pit maker, but, you know, that doesn't hurt either. And that doesn't at all. <laughs> so my tips would be, one, to use hardcore carnivore rub. Boom. Oh. And two. Shameless plug. Okay, yes, quite frankly. She's good at those. It's good. I so, uh, I tell you what, as as humble as I am about myself, I will tell you that I make a damn good rub, that's for sure. So I, I've seen winners holding them, so. That's it. So, the other thing is, if you guys are interested in Memphis, you don't necessarily have to come as a team. There's some really cool stuff if you go to the website. You can actually sign up for VIP tours and, like, get to meet all of these amazing, really famous, um, world-renowned pitmasters. And there's some really cool experiences that you can do. So, you can certainly come down and still not just feel like a little bit ostracized or that you can't get into things with the right program and you can certainly always come say hi to me george the guys at kingsford 
George, George will smile and look at you like he's super cool because he is. He looks like he's always angry, but he's he's just got uh, he's just got that face, right? That's it. I'm a badass, but I'm a nice guy. It's resting grill <laughs> face. We already decided this. <laughs> that's, that's, that's the dichotomy of George. So where can people find y'all and check y'all out? Pitmaker.com. Uh, JessPriles.com. HardcoreCarnivore.com. And at Kingsford, everything. And Pitmaker1 on Instagram. Cool. Well, check, check these guys out. Come down to Memphis. And maybe we'll all run into each other at another competition sometime. Hope so. Thank you. Thank, Thank you. you. Cheers. They call me the meat man. Y'all don't see me eat now. Hit on the meat man. Y'all don't see me eat now. I got jaws like a bear trap, a teeth like a razor. This has been a production of Glenn Cliff Media, recorded live in Austin, Texas. Never